Thank you, team. Take your Bible and go to Psalm 91. Find Psalm 91 and verse number 1. And as you've got your place, please stand with me and we will read together the Word of God. Let's all stand together. Psalm 91, we'll begin in verse number 1. We're preaching through this psalm for a month. This is the third message. We'll conclude next Sunday, Lord willing, and walking through these words of Moses. Psalm 91. We find these words. You read them with the pastor out loud all together, and let's read now. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. This morning we come to verses 11, 12, and 13, a message entitled, Guardian Angels. Father, I ask for your glory that you would take the words of this song and drive them home in our soul like arrows into our heart. I pray they would find lodging as we run to the Most High. Use my lips in these moments, and I pray for those lost under the sound of my voice today you'd save. For those needing a church, you would unite them here. And for those in a far country, bring them home, I pray. Encourage the discouraged and build the faith of the believer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you and be seated. Moses speaks in verse 11 of God giving his angels charge over you and will guard you in all your ways angels. John Phillips says that there are four functions or kinds of angels. I want to give you those four uh, stories from John Phillips and his outline uh, on angels just to give us something to think about. Four different functions, if you will, of the angelic force 
of holy God. First of all, uh, Dr. Phillips says that there are messenger, messenger angels, like are found in Genesis 32, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, now as Jacob went on his way, the angels of God met him, and Jacob said when he saw them, this is God's camp. So he named that place Mahanim. Mahanim means two camps, two camps. The camp of Jacob, the camp of God. These coming together. And you know that God had a message as up and down that ladder went the angels of Almighty God. There was a message given there to Jacob. Secondly, uh, Philip says that there are ministering angels. This is what we know of angels best in Hebrews 1 and verse 14. We find, uh, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Of course, the whole of that first chapter of Hebrews is writing about angels. These are ministering spirits. God sends them. They render service for the sake of those that have and will inherit salvation. It's like Peter in Acts chapter 5 in verse 19 where you find him coming out of that jail. And the Bible says the angels of the Lord opened the door where he could walk forward. God ministers to us and he uses the angelic force to do that. Thirdly, martial angels. Now, not Marshall like Marshall Diller, but Marshall like marshalling forces, Marshall angels, like are found in Daniel chapter 6 when the old prophet was thrown into the lion's den. And in Daniel 6, 22, uh, the Bible said, and God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths that they have not harmed me inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you. Of course, he's speaking, O king, I have committed no crime. Daniel, though he is not guilty, has been thrown into the lions then. And when the king came to check on him, he said, God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth. Uh, would to God angels come shut some other mouths these days. <laughs> and God in his sovereignty will do what he cares to do. But he gave those lions holy lockjaw. They could not bite and devour the old prophet. They were martial angels. There are times when protection is needed. And God marshals the forces that come. Messenger, ministering, mark. And number four, Philip says there are managing, managing angels. Those that manage the environment around us. I found this a most interesting phrase to, to use. Uh, he cites Acts 12 when Herod is coming against uh, the people of God, but he's speaking, and the people kept crying out about Herod. He has the voice of a God and not of a man, and immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms, and he died. The environment around us. Some of you are really concerned about our environment around Let me tell you, friends, stop fussing and worrying. Do you work? Be found faithful. Let me tell you, God's at work when you can't see him at work. God's about it. Uh, 
There's some folks got worms now and they don't even know. Funerals are a-coming. God has these managing angels. He creates an environment. He knows more than we know and he can do more than we can do. Thank God for the force of these angels. Well, God gives angels charge, it says in verse 11, to guard you. This is the very verse where we get that phrase, guardian angels. Uh, I came in this morning, and people knew I was going to preach on this and seen me post it, and, and they said, Pastor, I need two, maybe three of these guardian angels. And my children need more than that. I came in, one of our guys, he's uh, in the security force on our team. He's sitting right over here and came in. and uh, He said, I'm praying for God's guardian angels this morning. I preached. He came walking up to me after. He said, I didn't have a clue what you was preaching on when I said that to you this morning. I'm just asking God to send his guardian. It comes right out of this text. The guardian that God sends our way. Well, let's look at, at this for, for just a few moments. Verse 11, 12, 13. Then I want to give a gospel invitation for some of you that have never said yes to Jesus. I'm going to invite you out of that balcony around the ground floor to come. Say yes to Christ. Some have been saved but never baptized like these five and others that are waiting tonight. Come that you would say yes to Christ and walk into those waters. Be ready and be baptized. Some of you coming to join our church like Mr. and Miss Johnson came. She came on a walker this morning and he with her and another man coming and joining our family in early church today. Some of you like them need to come and be, be here. We'll give that invitation invite God's moment and you come you say preacher I'm scared angels will attend you while you come they'll give you strength to do it you step out and you you come today these guardians that are in our life how do they guard us let me show you three things out of this text number one angels guard us in all our ways now this is an interesting phrase where, where he says and he will give his angels charge concerning to guard you in all your ways you know, some of our ways are not pleasing to God. But even when we are displeasing, I'm telling you, God is watching and angels are attending. Now, there are sometimes that you will sow and you will reap what you sow. Sometimes those angels don't step in. Other times they do. And they guard you even in your ways when you're walking not in the way of God. If you're his child. That is not license to walk away. It's a warning, don't do it. But I'm telling you, it's God's sovereign love to you that even in our stupidity, God guards. Not all of our ways are God's ways. Some of us walk in presumption. We presume that God will do. We presume that, well, let me tell you, you walk in presumption, you'll, you'll walk in a bad way. Some walk in worldliness, and when you walk in worldliness, you're not walking in God's way. You're walking in your own way. Some walk in pride, and be careful because great is the fall that comes with pride. Go on, get puffed up. Even in your fall, guardian angels are there charging over us. Some even walk in false doctrine, and God helps us and draws us, those angels, to do it. In all our ways. It's, it's amazing how good God is to us. But we should walk in His ways. Oh yeah, the ways of obedience. Humble faithfulness. We, we should walk in that humble faithfulness. 
just be not boastful. Walk in your humility, knowing all good things come from God. Walk in that faithfulness. We walk in childlike trust. God has angels that, that guard us. We often speak of our children when we think of guardian angels. It's like when we turn 16, we don't need them anymore. It's like, you know, every child needs a guard. Well, let me tell you, friend, if, if your baby needs it, mama sure needs it. Daddy needs too. Guardian angels in, in our life when we walk in childlike trust, when we're serving others, God, uh, we're to be servants. Some of you need to serve and get your hands dirty with the work of God, the ways of God. Become a servant. I was walking yesterday, as my experience is and habit, and as I was walking, I, I, I walked by a gas station, and there was a girl on one foot. She had her other foot in a cast, and she hopped out, and she tried to put her credit card in, and get her gas, and then she hopped back over and got, and I'm, I just stopped, and I watched that. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God said to me, so you need to go help her. I said, well, Lord, I, I, no, I don't need to do that. So I went over, and of course, I'm old enough to be her granddaddy. She's a college student, beautiful young lady, and she thought, who's this old man walking around here white-legged in them long shorts? And, I said, you look like you could use some help. I said, let me pump your gas for you. I said, you got it going. So I started 20, 30, 40. I said, did you have any gas in this car? She said, I had 12 miles left on my little deal. I said, you need this worse than I thought you did. And so I tried to share a little bit with her and talk about the Lord. And so finally, I just hung it up and put it by. I said, you need a receipt? She said, nope, I'm fine. I put it walked on. Do you know our job? You're just to be servants. And I'm telling you, angels guard you in the way as you serve. And we should do it. Amen, we should. Travel the king's highway and you'll be under the king's protection. You guys are as deaf as that first crowd. <laughs> Travel the king's highway and you'll be under the king's protection. Oh, Lord, help us. We're going to be here all day. I mean, yes, they, they guard us in the way. Walk with him, and he guards you in the way. Those angels guard us in our way. Secondly, angels guard us from stumbling stones. Notice it in verse number 11. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Verse 12, they will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. These angels are like nurses bearing us up with, with their hands and caring for us and taking us where we need to go and keeping us from running onto those stones of stumbling. There are a lot of stumbling stones in the Word of God. There, there's the stumbling stone of judgment when you judge others, when you think you're better than others and you look down your pharisaical nose. Romans 14 Verse 13 uh, tells us, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. 
See, when you judge others, you say, well, I'm better than you. I wouldn't do it that way. The angels are there to keep us from those stumbling stones, holding us and say, don't, don't go there. There's the stumbling stone of judgment of others. Secondly, there's the stumbling stone of prideful liberty. Now, don't miss this. Take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. You see, we've we got to watch it. You say, well, preacher, I don't, you know, I'm free from that. This, this verse for Christians is probably used with alcohol more than any other verse. Uh, the Bible condemns drunkenness, no doubt about it. You, you, you can't believe the Bible and not believe that. But some say, well, you know, I don't get drunk, so but you, you understand that your liberty can become a stumbling stone to others. Your public consumption. That's why I've been a teetotaler all my life, plan to be till I die. I mean, how hypocritical would it be for us to fund the Karis house and these girls, so many struggle with that, and then to turn around and use my liberty in that way. To have Tuesday and Friday night when we do most excellent way, I went into the 30 some odd people were in there the other night. I said, great. I just happened by, stopped by the college group and then went by to see what was going on at the most excellent way. And it was a great group. But we're, how stupid would it be of me to use my liberty that could become a stumbling stone to some that would suck them right back down into the vortex of godlessness. Watch your stumbling stones. Be, be very careful. And then he keeps us, these angels do, from missing Jesus. <laughs> Greatest stumbling block he could ever have. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, 24, we preach Christ crucified to the Jews' stumbling block, the Gentiles' foolishness, but to those that are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. He, he is the stumbling stone for He says he's the only way, the only truth, the other life. You say, well, preach that. Some people stumble. They, they do. But don't dare miss Jesus. It's the greatest stumbling block you'll ever fall over. You say, well, he's so, yes, it's, he's the only way, the only truth. And angels guard us in our ways, but they guard us from the stumbling blocks that we put in other people. Just to say, well, you know, there's a hundred ways to heaven. That's a stumbling stone. To say that Jesus is one of several good ways, that's a stumbling stone. You cause people to stumble into hell. Preach Christ crucified, risen from the dead, the Savior of the world. Angels guard us from stumbling stones. But, but thirdly, angels also guard us against our enemies. Ah, I want to camp out here for just a moment. He names the enemies in verse 13. Look at it right here. You will tread upon the lion, cobra, young lion, and the serpent you will trample down. Hmm. Your name's four, four enemies. A lion and a cobra, a young lion and a serpent. Now I got to looking at these and I wonder, well, what's Moses speaking about here? What are these? And as I began to look and I, I looked underneath and above and at the root of every Hebrew word, Every one of these is just the devil himself. He's like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's a toothless dog, but he roars like a lion. He's had his fangs pulled out at Calvary. Hallelujah. But when he roars, oh my. 
He's like a cobra. The root of this word is interesting. It is breath. <gasps> breath. The breath that is there. It's almost like speech. You know, the cobra spits. And it speaks of the breath. There are things that are breathed into your life. That is of the vile, wicked one. Words that, that come. Then the young lion. He looks playful, <laughs> but he'll eat you up. These are things you, you'll play with and you ought not play with them. And then that last word, serpent, is translated sea monster, is also translated monster, and in one translation is translated dragon. Uh, these monsters that uh, are there. Serpent is the word, and it comes right back to Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve are in the garden, and the wicked one comes. To hiss, to hiss. Cunning, crafty. He'll suck you under, but angels attend the way. Hallelujah for angels that keep us out of them. This is spiritual warfare, friends. Thank God that, that he sends angels to help us. When we don't even know how to fight, angels are given charge over us to guard us in all of our ways. One of the greatest illustrations of this is found in 2 Kings chapter 6 with Elisha. 2 Kings 6, you got your Bible, you turn there, you see it come up on the screen. Uh, Elisha's there, he's fighting against the uh, Ben-Hadad, who is the king of Ram, and here he comes, and in 2 Kings 6, verse 15, when the attendant of the man of God, this servant of Elisha, uh, came up early and went out, and behold, an army with horses and chariots was encircling the city, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? And he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Amen. And Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And one translation says there were angels sitting on every horse and driving every chariot. There's more of them than there are your enemies. Greater is he that's in us than he that's coming against us. This is warfare. Friend, we're in a war. If you're living for Jesus, you're in a war every day. You've got to live for him. I don't think I've ever seen an angel except one time. One time I think I did. It was over 25 years ago, I was just here's your pastor a short period. My good friend Eddie Walker, who was my minister of youth at the Orchard Hills Church where I left to come here, came and Eddie did the music and I spoke up in North Alabama at a youth event. I used to get invited to youth events. Every now and again, I still do. 
So we drove up, preached, spent the day, preached the next day. Coming back late on Saturday. We're coming down 65. I told Eddie, I said, you drive, man. I'm tired. And I laid over there asleep against the door. It was moving on toward midnight. I said, let's get home. What work to do tomorrow? We got down about Greenville. And I felt the car kind of jolt. And then it, he was over on the shoulder of the road. And I woke up. I said, what are you doing? He said, we got to stop and help this guy. I said, we ain't stopping in heaven. No, but we got to get home. He said, Pastor, I'm saying we need to do this. So I'm trying to wake up and he jumps out and runs back. A man had gone to sleep and there was an 18-wheel truck on the side of the road parked and he had run up under the back end of that 18-wheel truck. We were the first on the scene, we thought. I kind of woke up and turned around looking and up under that truck I could see a little flicker of fire. I said, oh my soul. I jumped out and ran back. By that time, two other people had stopped and they had broken out the windshield and they were trying to pull this man out of the car, but they couldn't get him out of his seatbelt harness. We were pulling for all we were worth. The car stopped right in the middle of the road. A guy jumped out. He had a knife this long. <laughs> At least it looked that long to me. He said, here, I'll help. He just reached in and grabbed that harness and cut it loose and we pulled him out and laid him over on the Grassy knoll there. The guy went to work on him. We waited around. By that time, others had stopped. And so I looked at Eddie. I said, you think it's okay? Could we go? And He said, Pastor, we can. But he said, there's a guy. I need to find this one guy and thank him. I said, okay, who are we looking for? He said, there was a guy. He said, as soon as we laid Corky down, there was a guy there in jeans and a sweatshirt with a backpack. I said, where did he come? He said, I don't know. He said, all I know is he opened that backpack and he had gauze and everything needed to take care of him. And he started dealing with his wounds. And I said, where did he go? He said, the last time I saw him, he was walking into the woods. I said, say what? He, he said, he, he's just walking into the woods. He said, Pastor, I think we experienced Hebrews 13. Where the Bible says, let the love of the brethren continue. And do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. The KJV, of course, says unaware. Entertaining angels unaware. I said, you know, that, that might be while we were serving. He said, while I was serving. I said, yeah, while you were serving. <laughs> Did you want to stay in the car? I said, amen, in Jesus' name I did. I stayed in the car a while. But said, while we were doing, it, it seemed like 
this angel showed up with a backpack full of just what this old boy needed. Eddie started writing to Corky. Corky Hawthorne from Montgomery, Alabama shared Jesus with him. 25, 6, maybe 7, I don't know, years ago, I'm standing over in the foyer at Old Passmore Hall before we built this building. Man walked in. He said, Pastor, you don't know me. I said, no, sir, I don't think I do. He said, my name's Corky. You pulled me out of a burning car one night in Montgomery, Alabama. I said, well, I didn't really. I, he said, I know Eddie did the most of it. I said, yeah, but I, I got out. I, I was there. He said, yes, sir. He said, Eddie's been right, man. He said, I've given my life to Jesus. I was a drunk. I was drunk that night. I ran off the road up front of that car and said, if it wasn't for God, I'd be dead. If it wasn't for God sending you guys, I'd be dead. If it wasn't for whatever happened that night, I said, I believe God sent angels, Corky. And he said, I'm living for Jesus. And I just drove down here from Montgomery to come to your church and wanted to tell you what Jesus had done for me. And say thank you for stopping. People listen. What angels are about, bottom line, is all angels are about exalting Jesus. That's their job. It's, it's all about Jesus. When you find angels in the Old Testament, they're protecting prophets so they can preach about the Messiah that's going to come. When you get to Acts, you find them protecting preachers and lay people and other proclaimers so they can build the church. And when you find them in the Gospels, in Luke chapter 2, when a lady's pregnant and about to have a baby, and the baby is born and his name is Jesus, they come and give glory, glory, glory unto the throne room of God. And when that baby boy raises and walks forward and lives his life, and they kill him and they put him in a tomb in Matthew 28, verse 2, the Bible says the angel of the Lord came and rolled the stone away and sat on the top of it. And when the ladies came in verse 5, the angel said, He ain't here! He ain't here! He ain't here! He's risen from the dead. That, my friend, is what Jesus sent angels for. They are all about exalting the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the blessed Son of God. Angels. God's given them charge over your life and mine to guard us. And the guardian is in place so we will make much of Jesus. That's why. He's not here sending angels just so you don't get a splinter in your finger. We think of guardian angels just for children. When my son turned 16, he got a driver's license. I said to him, I said, you have a guardian angel. 
He sits on the hood of your car until you get 56 miles an hour. <laughs> you hit 56, he gets off. He hovers, come around, he take, but he ain't riding with you when you break along. But even in our 56 mile an hour ways, God's watching. And angels are a garden. And they come around us. And years later when Bennett was coming from Lynchburg to take his law exam down in central Florida and his car blew up, angels were watching. Got him from where he needed to be to where he was and let me tell you if angels will work to make a lawyer they'll work in your life amen <laughs> what angels are for is to exalt Jesus in your life that's why he's guarding you so you can make much of the master and he will give his angels charge concerning you and will guard you in all your ways. I don't know how God did that with an old boy coming out of the woods with a backpack. But I believe that's what that was. Only time I've ever experienced it. To see that kind of otherworldly intervention. Most time you don't see angels. They're just here to make much out of Jesus. And that's what we ought to do. Angels don't sing. I know they're doing songs, but they don't sing. They proclaim. Look them up all through the Bible. You don't pray to angels. You don't worship angels. You're not going to be an angel. Uh-uh. Don't tell me I'm going to be, I don't want to stoop to that level. The Bible says the redeemed are going to sit in judgment of the angels. Don't pray to them. Don't worship them. You're not going to be one of them. They are God's ministering spirit to you. And when they come, they've come to loose you to make much of the blessed Lord. Angels. They were there when he was born. They were there when he was tempted. They were there when he was dying. They were there when he was raised. They are there to attend the Jesus life among us. Making much of Jesus. That's what you need to do today is make much of Jesus. And angels will attend you in the way. When we sing this song, I want to invite you to come. Take my hand right here and say, Preacher, I'm coming today to say yes to Jesus. Amen. I'm coming to do it. If you're online with us today, just text us and let us know. Uh, text that 94,000 number. Savior is the world. Send it. We'll reach back to you and help you to know the Lord. If you want to be a part of our church, text that same thing to us. We'll reach back to you. You're here today and ought to join this church. Come. You're here and you've got sin in your life or the burden on your heart, you need to come to this altar. Feel free to come right here. If you're here today and you don't know him, if you don't know him, come, come. Say yes, yes, yes unto the blessed Lord Jesus. 
He awaits you. Again, you say, preacher, I'd be nervous to come. Angels will attend you in the way. They'll help you get here. And we will as well. Father, in the name above every name, in the name of Jesus, draw people to yourself today. Add to your kingdom the redeemed. Add to your church those that should number among us. God, help us to make much of you. We'll give you glory now. 